The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Code of conduct. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King, and I am back. It is Monday, August 16th, 2021. We have football this past weekend. I got to see my boys this past weekend in full gear. And can I just say that the white face mask is a thing of beauty? And I let the track laugh right at that moment because it was just funny how we've been waiting all this time to see these doggone face masks and it is a thing of beauty. This past Friday, the Buffalo Bills defeated the Detroit Lions by a field goal in the last minutes by our guy, Tyler Bass. And there's a couple things I kind of want to talk about when I when I watch the game. I see a lot of people, obviously, every year, we always overreact to, um, shameless plug in there for Joe, we always overreact to um, everything in a preseason. You know, somebody runs uh, a 50 yard run. There was one guy. There was one guy that got I think the Patriots had like a 91 yard touchdown or 81 yard touchdown. Oh, he's the best running back in the league. We didn't say that in Buffalo, but we always overreact to everything that happens in the preseason. So I kind of want to take a moment and kind of just think about the game that we got to see. And then I want to think about the overreactions that I saw. And then I want to kind of bring some stability to our way of thinking as a fan base because first thing that that I saw was like and I've said this myself personally but not based off of Friday like oh Super Bowl <laughs> we're winning the Super Bowl now the Bills are Super Bowl champions like we're proclaiming ourselves to be champions before the season already begins you know we finally found our franchise quarterback we extended him now we paired him with a superstar wide receiver. We haven't had that since Jim Kelly and Andre Reid or Jim Kelly. And now, granted, I know we had Fitz and, and Modes, but Fitz is not a franchise guy. You know, we gave him the extension. Uh, it didn't quite work out. So now we have a guy in Josh Allen who is the guy and he knows what he's doing. He's a beast on every level. We paired him with a superstar wide receiver. Our defense looks like it might be back. We have a hell of a defensive line. We're going to talk about that a little later. I got Sterling and Joe joining me. So we're going to talk about the breakdown of the, the defensive line. We're going to talk about pretty much everything. But again, I'm seeing everybody like, oh, we got it. We got it. I, Isaiah McKenzie won the, the return role. He's the best, you know, Swiss Army knife in the league. Cool. But then on the other hand, we have um, a bunch of people who, who still view the team in a negative light. Like, you know, oh, well, 
I always got to pick fun at my guy EJ from PFF and uh, Cold Front Report. Oh, you know, uh, Trey White isn't a top five corner, you know, or, you know, we have Josh Allen still hasn't, you know, it's one season. Pump your brakes. It's one season. I know he was MVP runner up, but he's not that dude. Just relax. You know, we get those takes and we get, oh, Cole Beasley is going to catch COVID and the whole team is going to end up having to cancel games anyway. And you're going to suck, you know, so we, we get both sides on the extreme. We have to fall somewhere in the middle to be realistic. So I kind of want to start there because the buzz in Western New York and really all around the country, depending on where you're at, depending on where you live, you know that there is a buzz surrounding the Buffalo Bills. When you watch NFL Network or you log on to NFL.com, The Athletic or wherever you choose to get your content from, you see Buffalo Bills is in the top. We're always in the topic of conversation now. And it feels good. (laughs) It feels real good that like now I don't have to search. Like I used to have to go and search for content. Now it's literally everywhere. And as a Bills content creator, it's refreshing for me because people are seeking me out. People are calling, hey, can you do this guest spot for me? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? It works. When content writes itself, it makes my job a whole lot easier. And I'm I'm sure Sterling and Joe can both attest to that when they jump in here. But in reality, the thing is the Buffalo Bills are set up in a position that we are better than we've ever been in the last 20 plus years. Right. So we actually going into the season, it's like, yo, these guys are are really the real deal. They're they're legitimate. I just don't know exactly where the truth in that lies. So it's like, yeah, we're legitimate. We were in the final four of the league last year. We made it to the AFC conference championship, but we got slacked. Like we got our asses whooped by the Kansas city chiefs. And I know a lot of people want to create excuses Let's do that. We can we can go over the excuses. Diggs had a I think his his ribs were I'm not sure exactly what the injury was, but he had he had a core injury. Uh, Beasley had a broken leg. Devin Singletary got benched because he dropped a pass. And then amongst other things, there was a lot of things that we can point to as an excuse as to the reason why we didn't win. I get that. However, we didn't win. <laughs> Just period. When we played Kansas City earlier in the season. Bills fans don't like to say this, but we got our ass whooped. It wasn't as close as it looked like the score at the final score. Yeah, we only lost by what, 10 points or 11 points, something like that. But in reality, they really had their way with us. They ran when they felt like running. If Pat wanted to throw, if Patrick Mahomes wanted to throw, there were lanes. If you, For those of you who watch the All-22, for those of you who actually get to see it from every perspective and every angle, believe me when I tell you, they, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of plays that were just open. They could have done what they wanted to do. So fast forward now, headed into this season. What's the realistic expectation? Can the Buffalo Bills actually this year defeat the Kansas City Chiefs? This year, are the Buffalo Bills good enough to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady? Tom Brady has been the thorn in our side his entire career. And it just so happens now he's in Tampa Bay as opposed to New England. But he's been, he's been smacking us his entire career. Are we good enough now with Josh Allen, MVP runner up from last season to beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? If we in the playoffs, if we run into whoever. Are we there? I don't know. I don't know. So the realistic expectation and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring Sterling in now. My man Joe will be in in a little bit. We're going to bring Sterling in now and we're going to talk about this. Sterling's. what is the realistic expectation for you as the fan going into this season? Because like I said, I laid it out. We have the fan base. We have those who are in love with the team. We're like, yo, Super Bowl, we got it. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills undefeated. 
and we go into the Super Bowl. We got those fans, right? And then we have the other fans that are like, nah, we still not quite there. Let's let's pump our brakes and wait to see what Josh really is or wait to see if the defense can improve. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Man, it's hard to separate being a fan and then being analytical, right? You know, like for, for those of us who do content, you know, for fun or for a living, whatever you want to call it, like for me, I have to watch the game on Sunday as a fan. And then I have to go rewatch the game on the all 22 as a, as an analyst. Right. And looking at this bill's team, I mean, I think it's warranted. I mean, I think it's okay to be excited about the team because they're really good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we also have to keep in our, our minds of what we've kind of been through as a, as a fan base over the last 20 years. Right. So you have your negative fans, like you mentioned, who just think everything the bills do is trash. Right. And then you have your other Bills fans who think everything they do is just the second coming. So where I stand is the Bills are going to be really good, but they definitely have areas where they can improve, just like every other team. Right. However, if XYZ happen, there is no reason why they should not at least be challenging for an AFC championship game or the Super Bowl. Yeah. First of all, shout out to my girl T T Estelle. Uh, first of all, T Estelle is my girl. I'm gonna shout her out again in a moment here. Uh, shout out to T Estelle for the T. super chat. I appreciate you. That's my home girl from Built in Buffalo. I love T. Um, but I agree with you, Sterles. Like, so when you when you look at it and you're talking about the areas of improvement and you're talking about um, what we have to do to take that step forward, like I mentioned, can we beat the Chiefs this year? Can we? Because we lost to them twice last season. We lost to the Titans. I know. I know people. Again, we can use excuses like yeah. nobody wanted to be on that field because they changed it for COVID. Trey White didn't want to go like we can we can bring in the excuses. I get it. I get it. As a fan, when you take an L, you got to have to defend it. Right. So I get that. But moving past that, we lost the game. That yeah. was one of the three losses that we had on the season last year. Are we there? Can we beat the Titans if we had to go up head to head with them right now in the playoffs? Can we beat the Chiefs? Can we beat the Bucks if we meet them in the Super Bowl? There's not a team in the NFL the Bills cannot beat. I mean, there and there's so much parity in the league. This is the best Bills team we've had. I mean, this Bills team is better this year than they were last year. They are. And uh, I, I think it, what it really comes down to, what, what, what Josh Allen are we going to get that day? That's what it really comes down to. If mm-hmm. we get MVP, Josh, it's a game. It's a, there's not a team in the NFL that can beat the Bills. They are that good. When, when Josh Allen is on his game, like dice, slicing dice and examples would be San Francisco. Examples would be Seattle. I mean, we could go, you know, there's a lot of games where Josh Allen was top notch. And then there's sometimes like an AFC championship game where if everything rides on him, eh, you kind of, eh, you know what I'm saying? So I think, well, well, wait, I want because I kind of want to play devil's advocate and I want dis- to not disagree fully, but I want to disagree for the sake of this conversation. So, you say if MVP Josh shows up, I feel like in the AFC championship, MVP Josh showed up. I feel like the team around him who helped him become MVP Josh didn't show up. So I think, honestly, Josh was the best player on the field in the AFC for the Bills team for the AFC championship game. And I feel like obviously the injuries, which it, here comes those excuses that I was talking right. about. Um, you know, if you're if your best wide receiver can't get open because he's limited physically, it's just not going to it's not going to be beneficial to anybody involved. So I don't 
I don't want to put too much pressure on Josh because it almost sounds like how the NFL network earlier this year was like, Josh still has to be better. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. But I disagree because I feel like, A, if Aaron Rodgers didn't have the year that he had, like, first of all, that was an incredibly insane year that Aaron Rodgers had last year. Under normal circumstances, the year Josh Allen had is a MVP season under normal circumstances. So I feel like Josh is there. I'm, I'm not even, I'm, to be honest, I'm not even worried about, I think they called it sugar high Josh before. Like that was what we were calling it. I'm not even worried about like him trying to play hero ball. So when you say if MVP Josh shows up, then there's not a team that can beat him. Right. I'm more on the side of if last year's or the year before last year's defense shows up, we're unbeatable. Well, I think, I think they're two in the same, but you also have to look at, Josh Allen, that was the biggest game Josh Allen's ever played in an AFC Championship game. And there were missed throws. He has to play near perfect until some of the other guys can can do their part, whether it's mm-hmm. injuries or excuses, whatever you want to make. There has to be a running game. That, but, but Josh Allen has to be the catalyst. He has to be on fire. If he's on fire, there's not a team that can beat the Bills. There's not. And in the AFC Championship game, I mean, I think there were a lot of factors. I mean, I think they we were out coached, let's not forget that, and we lost in the trenches, right? Josh Allen has to overcome those things. He has to overcome those things for the Bills to win that Super Bowl. I mean, we're talking and we're not talking Josh has to I'm not saying Josh has to take a, a monumental leap, but it's just mm-hmm. just a little bit. It's just a little bit from where he is right now. Just a little bit, you know? And, and I'm talking you're talking Aaron Rodgers level, Tom Brady level dominating like it's it's a foregone conclusion like Josh Allen's gonna it's over right when we start talking about him that way and I don't even think Mahomes is that right now right we you know Mahomes isn't the ultimate closer I would say right now the best closer in the game is Tom Brady hmm. right that and that's just my opinion right it's okay and and I, and I think that and six six championships prove that now we could say oh well the defense helped and da 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 Okay, that's great. But, you know, Josh is on his way. I think he's on his way. And he has to play a perfect game right now until the running game comes to, to help, till the offensive line can, can block Chris Jones, until the defense, you know, Levi Wallace isn't continually being picked on and we can cover tight ends, right? He has to overcome a lot. So, but it's still there. I, yeah. I would put I would put the Bills in the in the I, I'm okay with saying the Bills are going to make the Super Bowl this year. I'm okay with that. And you know I don't go crazy, and I'm not you know over here pie in the sky Bills fan and and, and thinking that. But I, it's 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 reality, man. Yeah, no, for sure. My man Richard Rush says preach, Sterling. So you already in the church. I need that offer basket <laughs> to come around with these super chats and whatnot. Shout out to my sister. My sister Jamie is in the building. That's obviously Joe's sister, but. I claim his whole family as my own. So shout out to Jamie. Your brother will actually be joining us here shortly as well. Um, shout out to my man. Brian is in the building. Every all the all the usual suspects are here. Want to appreciate everybody. Um, I just going back to our conversation, man. I, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes, especially those of us who you know are in the content creation world, I feel like we overanalyze Josh. I really do. And I'm not. And maybe this is the homer in me coming out now. Maybe it's because I love him so much. Maybe because I think he's perfect and he looks great in shorts, like everybody says. And I think like when he has the visor, I think visor Josh is is like I just I just something happens. I I tingle, you know, pause like something. Something just ain't right. You know, like I get excited when I see Josh with the visor and he's like out there dropping dimes. So part of me feels like we're overly analytical because if I guarantee you there are about 
25 other teams in the NFL that wishes that they had the type of play that Josh Allen is going put forward, going coming forward and what we saw last season. Um, and last week on, on the hump day hotline, I actually talked about how, no, he wasn't the most accurate his rookie season. And even his second year, he kind of still, he needed to improve some more. He made improvements, but he needed to take another step forward. I still like for his career, he's put up elite numbers in the red zone. He's put up elite numbers in several different areas that matter when it comes to winning. So when it comes to that, I just feel like when we're saying like still needs to be better, he needs to be like Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he's been that he's been a he's been a closer his second year in the league. He led the league in, in fourth quarter comeback wins. So I think he's just as clutch as now. I know we're talking about Super Bowls here when you compare him to Tom Brady. But I think Tom Brady and you mentioned it, he had those defenses to go with it. He had Bill Belichick to go with it. So the experience and the total, I guess, everything combined helped Tom Brady be there. Sean McDermott is not is he's not Belichick yet. Now, do I think he can get there? I don't know if he'll get six Super Bowls, but do I think he'll be good enough? I think he's absolutely already proven that he's a great leader. I think he's a men of men. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's a guy that that men don't mind following. And that's tough, especially in a league like so in, in college is, is a little bit easier because obviously there's there's well now there's money involved, but there wasn't money involved before. It's scholarships, you kind of get to tell these these young men who are growing, these kids growing to be men, you kind of help develop them. Whereas now in the NFL, you got a bunch of grown ass men. You're not about to tell these men how they come to Buffalo. These guys are looking forward to becoming the best versions of themselves. And it's not, it's not in the sense where they're like robotic, like everything that we hear out of new England It's not how it's like, it's only winning and there's no fun. And there's this, no, there's fun in Buffalo. There's enjoyment in Buffalo. Guys are taking pay cuts to stay in Buffalo because they love it. They have fun. You see all these handshakes and high fives with Josh Allen on the sideline. You hear Josh Allen mic'd up and he's like making jokes about people. I don't even remember. Like he's like, did that thing clear up or whatever? Just making fun of people and they're enjoying it. So from the sense of that perspective, I think Josh will have that support and he'll have all of that. But as of right now, man, I don't know. I just I just really feel like I just really feel like we overanalyze the Josh Allen take. So, and I, I get where you're coming from, but just think of like, just think of the Chiefs. You you got guys like Kelsey and Hill uh, mm-hmm. outside of Mahomes on the defensive side. You got Honey Badger. You they had a, a really good uh, a rookie cornerback last year that 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 played well. Their whole their whole secondary was lights out towards the end of the season. You know, um, <clears throat> they they have more top end talent than the Bills. So mm-hmm. where Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to be perfect. You see what I'm saying? Right now, we don't have um, – we have a lot of depth, but we don't have a lot of top-end talent outside of Trey White, outside of Stephon Diggs, outside of, of Josh Allen, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think their top-end talent wins, right? We, we, we're we not there yet. So in order for us to, to, to get to the mountaintop, that's where I'm saying Josh Allen – he has to do even more than what's typically expected of a normal quarterback. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. To, if that if that makes more sense. Until no, it makes sense. I, I so it's not a knock against Josh Allen and his development, what he's done, but we do lack some of the the top tier talent to to overcome. You know, where Josh doesn't have to be be all and do everything. And you that's know what? what that's that's. That's if I'm honest, that's the reason why. And I don't really talk about it much publicly because I just don't feel like dealing with trolls from the Internet. But um, that's part of the reason why I'm critical of Patrick Mahomes, because I truly believe the same thing. And this is why I'm 
overly critical of Baker Mayfield because I truly believe if Josh Allen had those type of rosters year one, two, and three, the Bills would have they would have had a Super Bowl just like the Chiefs did. Like oh, without yeah. exact like with the, I I swear on everything. The reason why I'm so tough on Baker and this is the so like. I'll put I'll put all my bum ass Baker takes to bed now. Like I'll stop being difficult on him this year. I promise like that's that's over. But the reason why I've been so so critical of Baker Mayfield is because it seems like, first of all, you got two great, not not good, not okay. You have two great running backs. Mm-hmm. So like when when Chubb is injured or when somebody's suspended, you still got a guy that can rush for 125 yards any Sunday. So you got two guys in the backfield that can lead any backfield. Then receivers. Let's not talk about the fact you got two typically number one receivers plus a couple guys that are like like the second. So you have a very, like you said, top end talent. Two tight ends that are like two. Give the Buffalo Bills one. Give us Njoku. Come on, bro. Give us Njoku. Preach, bro. Preach. So when I so when I go in on Baker, it's not because I don't think Baker's the NFL quarterback. It's not because I don't think Baker has he's he's a for what I've from what I've seen in Cleveland, Baker is a good leader. Even though I like I give him a tough time. Baker's a good leader. The team loves him. They rally around him. You don't hear his teammates having issues with Baker. Baker is a leader. His teammates yeah. like, how about getting those W's for your team, though, man? And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about you know, oh, he had a great year, his rookie year. He's going to be. No, he didn't win. They right. didn't make the playoffs. His second year, they didn't make the playoffs. People talk about Josh. Josh made the playoffs two out of three years. Put some respect on my quarterback's name with a lesser roster. The second year of his career, Josh Allen made the playoffs with John Brown and Cole Beasley as his one and two. And that's not a knock on those guys. I love John Brown and Cole Beasley. Right. But John Brown and Cole Beasley is not Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. It's just not. It's just not. So when I when I have these discussions about Baker and I, I do it jokingly and I make fun of him, but you can't tell me that if Josh Allen was if he was drafted one overall by the Cleveland Browns, you can't tell me with that roster he wouldn't have been a better version. Of, now I love him here, right? I love him here, but I'm just saying like he has that talent around him. There, I don't believe anybody. So now again, Freddie Kitchens was not the best coach, uh, you know. So I, I understand leadership has a lot to do with Josh's right. development. But what I'm just I'm just, I'm talking about pure talent. You put the type of talent that the Kansas City Chiefs or the, the Browns have around Josh, and now he has it this year. I think now Josh has that around him completely. I know you just mentioned you don't think the top level talent is there. I'm going to disagree. I think the Buffalo Bills this year, this is the best roster the Buffalo Bills have put on the field ever, in my opinion. Looking at what I've seen, and the Bills have had some stud. They've had obviously we've had the '90s, we had Thurman, we've had Bruce. If we had a Bruce on this team, geez, man, because that's all we're missing. That's all we're missing. Before I before I let you comment on that, I'm going to bring my brother in. I'm going to bring Joe in because I know we just heard the the the, uh, the tail end of that comment. I kind of want Joe's perspective on that, man. How do you feel about because what we're talking about here is is how I think people are overly critical of Josh Allen. Oh, and for I, sure. And I think a lot of times. Well, yeah. So it's like a lot of times what we'll do is he still needs to be better. He had like 4,500 yards passing and 37 touchdowns. And, you know, like it was a a fantastic year, but we still keep saying he has to do more. He has to do more. And then when you look at teams like the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and you look at um, the the Browns and these Mm -hmm. rosters, if Josh Allen had that with the year he had last year, you can't tell me he doesn't have a Super Bowl. Right. How do you feel about that? And how do you perceive the the difference in um, a criticism and then B, you know, is it fair? 
Uh, I'm with you 100%. I think, uh, so I had con- computer trouble. Of course, the, the time that I'm running hot is the time that the computer shut down during the day. And we all know what happens <laughs> when you restart your computer. Everything is sideways and backwards. No, when I walked, when I walked, when I got audio, I heard you say what the Bills right now don't have. There's my sister. What the Bills right now don't have is a Bruce. And you're exactly right. That's exactly what the what the Buffalo Bills don't have. And he does, in fact, in my opinion, get unfair criticism. He's under a microscope. And I think part of that is because he didn't come in heralded like Jim Kelly did. He came in as a project. And oh, by the way, the majority of us didn't want him. We wanted Josh mm-hmm. Rosen, which compiles the problem. Uh, but I'm firmly in the camp uh, with, with Bruce Nolan, which is that if we get 2020 Josh Allen forever, He's worth every penny of the three hundred million we're going to pay him over the next eight years. Every penny. Give me that. Give me. I would love to see him take a next step. But if he doesn't, give me twenty twenty Josh Allen forever. Like I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you a hundred percent because, it, it, like I said earlier, and this is not a not. I know there's a lot of Jim fans, like Jim Kelly fans. So I'm not. This is not a shot at Jim. I truly believe we now have the best quarterback on our roster that we've ever had in the bu- in the city of buffalo has he shown us that yet i'm not gonna go that far right i feel like he's broken records already like yeah he has team records but what i think is he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get us a super bowl right it might not be this year it might not be that. josh allen is going to win a super bowl in his career so you know i, I truly believe we have the best quarterback the buffalo bills organization has ever had I when agree. you when you say when you sorry 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 uh uh Sterlis. so when you say that you're saying not necessarily at this moment you just believe when it's all said and done this guy is going to be the best quarterback yeah. okay I Sterl said he agreed I'm in that camp yeah you, I, th- I think we got him I think we got him so um Sterls, I'll give you a chance to kind of to, to touch on that before we move on to the topics that I sent you guys <laughs> this this conversation wasn't supposed to go 25 yeah. minutes <laughs> no I'm just you know, to reiterate you know if you if you put Josh Allen on the Chiefs, Browns, the Rams, Tampa. It's a championship. Mm. It's a championship. And it, there's nothing wrong with saying a couple of things. One, like you just mentioned, I do think Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Jim Kelly. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. Um, but also, uh, we have potential for that top, that top end talent, but it's just not there yet. Right? Um hopefully guys like Gregory Russo and some of these guys materialize into, to, to, you know, their ceiling, but Mm -hmm. you know, some of these other teams have those guys. Right. And so I think when you have those difference makers, you like, we're talked about, you know, just reared in point, you know, Josh doesn't have to do everything right now. Josh has to do everything. The bills want to win the Super Bowl. He has to do everything. Right. As of right now, we're not talking about potential, but right now he has to do everything. That's why Russell yeah. Wilson only has one title because Russ typically has to do everything. Mm. No, Russ only has one title because he had a good defense that year. If he didn't have a defense, he wouldn't have any titles right yeah, now. Because even with him that, doing everything, no, you're right. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying he had a defense. If Aaron Rodgers wasn't for the Legion of Boom, it was over. Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl. Well, they mismanaged. We could talk about the Packers, but they mismanaged him. Mm. But so it, it 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 takes it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get that done. Agreed. All right. Well, let's let's uh, get into some of these topics. We had we had our first preseason game last Friday, and I know everybody was excited about it. I know I saw Joe tweeting. I saw Sterling tweeting. I saw everybody tweeting. So um, I had a chance. I, I watched it, but I actually ended up going to the Cardinals game out here to, to watch that as well. So um, first question I got for you guys, man, who's winning the practice squad, the quarterback position? 
We saw Davis Webb do some things, and we saw Jake Fromm do some things. What do you think? Because one of them ain't going to make it. You go first, Charles. Uh, Davis Webb is uh, – he he's the uh, he's the coach, right? Let's just call it what it is. So so he's he's practice squad guy. I, I think you spent a fifth-round asset in uh, Jake Fromm. I think he's he's your he's your quarterback three. I, I think mm-hmm. developmentally long term, I think there's more value in him being a backup quarterback because Trubisky's going to be gone. So I think it goes just as last year. Mm-hmm. I think Davis Webb is your practice squad. He's your coach, right? And then you got Jake Fromm wins QB three. Well, Eli agrees with you. Eli says hot take. He says uh, Webb will be cut to become coach and Fromm becomes QB3. So, I mean, like, you're not the only one thinking this way. What do you think, Joe? I don't think I, I, I've reversed stance a little bit. I'm not sure that the Buffalo Bills are going to keep three quarterbacks. Obviously, one will go to the practice squad. I, I, I'd be surprised if two did. I'd start with this, and I said this last night. Is it me or if Josh Allen and and uh, Davis Webb, Webb or Josh Allen and J.P. Losman had a baby, wouldn't it be Davis Webb? Like the way that like the, the body frame, the lankiness, the long face, they both have a seven on their jersey. Like when I was watching Davis Webb play, he looked a little bit like a cross between the two of them. Neither one of them on that on Friday night were necessarily settled. Davis Webb seemed a little erratic in his behavior. He played well. Uh, and obviously, you know, what we saw from Jake Fromm with with the turnstile. And I said last night as well that a turnstile would have been better in front of him because at least there would have been some resistance when, <laughs> when the end came off the edge. Right. I mean, some resistance. Uh, he was clearly not settled, but he still gutted it in long enough to get that ball to Stevenson, which was a perfectly thrown ball that Stevenson ran under. Um, I don't know at this point in time. I think it's too early to call who's going to win. I feel like going forward that the better complement to Josh Allen's skill set is potentially Davis Webb. However, mm-hmm. I agree with Sterling. I think that when you spend that capital, you want to give that, and you know you've got the backup right now that you've got QB2 is only going to be here for one year. I think that you're probably going to invest that time, unless David Davis Webb super, like, really, like, impresses. I just, I'm not sure that he will, but yeah. So I, I'm probably in the same camp as Sterling's, and I know that's against a little bit where you're probably at, right, Spence? Yeah, well, I mean, it's good though that 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 gives us a, a little bit of variety here because I honestly, I, I think I think that Fromm was only, and I've said this a hundred times now, I think that Fromm was only drafted just for two reasons. One, his draft grade was so high that where we actually drafted him, it was almost like if we pass up on his kid, like the value in it, it, it would just be it would be crazy. Right. But then secondly, I think the reason why we drafted him was just to keep him away from the New England Patriots. Agreed. So so at this point, I don't think that his skill set to to Joe's point, I don't think that his skill set matches what Josh is. So for instance, part of the reason why I was so adamant about the Bills not trading away Mitch Trubisky is because if Josh goes out and and Mitch has to come in, the game plan doesn't have to change much besides the fact that obviously Josh can do He's just more capable to do certain things. For sure. Um, but you don't have to change the game plan. If Jake Fromm was to come in, the entire offense changes. The, the 100% the entire offense changes. Right. So I don't see Jake Fromm being as valuable just because he's a draft pick. I think Bing can trade him. You know, I think he, yeah. we can get a, a fifth or a sixth back for him. You know, I don't think that he's going to be um, – I don't think Brandon Bean is going to take an L completely on it, but I just, I just don't see – Jake from being the guy that fits with this roster. I think, I think what we got to consider though, is, is the, is, is the offense and Sterles might be able to speak to this a little bit more than I can. Is the offense still morphing? Is it still transitioning from, uh, 
he's not because he runs. He's way more athletic than than Kyle Orton was. But is the offense still morphing from 2018 Josh Allen, who could basically hit his back foot and just take off at any second because he didn't trust his O-line and he, he didn't trust his wide receivers, transitioning to 2020, uh, 2020 where he ran fewer other than a couple, like some design runs. There's an expectation this year he's going to run less. What happens if by the end of 2021 he's not running outside of the red zone? I think Josh Allen will always be a weapon with his legs inside the red zone. But I think between the 20s or from the from the, from the the goal line to the 20, I think they're going to ask him to stop running and not do design runs as much as long as they can be more efficient. So all that to say this, if the offense continues to morph to less run, is Fromm's skill set that much less, like that much different? I was impressed with some of the throws. He made the hardest pass in football, which is the out, right? He threw an out Mm -hmm. in that game, which a lot of people coming in, we were told he couldn't throw because he had a noodle arm and he completed it. He completed it well. So I guess that's my question for both of you. I mean, are we sure that this, the offense that we saw in 19, 18, 19, 20 is going to be what we're going to see in 22, 23 and 24. You want to take a stab at that, Sterles? Yeah, I, I think stylistically, yes. I, I think it's going to be because this this offense was catered for Josh Allen's skill set and his maturation thus far in his process. Right. Um, first of all, there is not a quarterback in the NFL like Josh Allen. Agreed. They're just not. So you, we can't draft that guy. That guy is not on our roster, right? Mm. The plus side to that is, is Brian Dable has shown that he is very adept at game planning. And, and and putting guys in position to win. So I think whether that's Davis Webb or or that's Jake Fromm, I think he has the ability to 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 create a game plan for the Bills to win or be in contention. You know, because he's a thinking man's coordinator. He these this guy he changes and morphs mm-hmm. throughout the season. Right. Okay. And we have to remember that there are some there are some play callers who just kind of stay the same. Andy Reid is one of those guys too. They, they they change and they morph throughout the season. So mm-hmm. um, th- those are great things to, to, to have. And Jake Fromm, like Davis Webb is what you saw on Saturday. That's as best as he's ever going to be. Right. We still don't know what Jake Fromm is yet. We just right. don't. We just don't. This is the first time we've seen him play in a Bills uniform. First time the Buffalo Bills have seen him yeah. play in a Bills uniform. <laughs> so we, we don't know yet. So, um, I think when Brandon Beans falls asleep at night, I think he's like, they brought Trubisky here for a reason because sure. they know, okay, we need more experience, and they let Matt Barkley go. So I just think that uh, I think they're sitting in a great place. I don't care if Rob makes the team or not. I don't you, care. Go ahead. Uh, you make a you make a valid point. You said that they let Matt Barkley go, but I mean Jake Fromm. In the, at the very least, is an upgraded version of Matt Barkley, and they were happy with Matt Barkley as the QB two for two years. Yeah, yeah. I, well, Matt wait, let's not, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, man, come on, let's not disrespect Matt Barkley by saying no, no Jake disrespect. Fromm is an upgraded version of Matt Barkley, like, we haven't seen Jake Fromm in the NFL yet, I said, Matt Barkley, I said, worst case scenario, he's potentially, I mean, best, right, case, scenario, me, he, a best case, best case, he gets traded and wants to be a starter somewhere and, and wins, wins a starting job someplace, worst case scenario for him, I guess worst case is he could be cut, I mean, worst case for us as Bills fans, you know he's potentially an upgrade over Barkley. I just, you're right. We haven't seen him. We haven't seen. I don't him, think but, he's an upgrade though. But, but I, like, Matt, I would rather have Mar- Matt Barkley on his team than Matt Jay Barkley. Trump. Matt Barkley went in for one play against the Chargers and took it in the face by Joey Bosa. I mean, that's what Matt Barkley does. He had one good football game as a Buffalo Bill, the Jets, the very first game he played. Yeah, that was it. I, I, well, and I also I think, think that the 
Well, I, I think the Bills had Matt Barkley on the team to help Josh's development, not necessarily really to have him as a. I, I get it; he had the backup role, right? But they they were really hoping that Josh was super healthy, which I'm sure every year we do. But yeah. they were hoping he would never get injured, and it was literally just about having a coach's eyes with Josh. I don't think that's the same can be said about Jake Fromm. So when we say he's an upgrade, oh, the purpose of, of Fromm, well, no, I mean, up, that part, or I don't think he's a good football player. So I don't think he's going to be do, as good you know? as Matt Barkley. Because in college, he wasn't, come on, Joe. Like, there's a reason he fell all the way to the fifth. Jake Fromm is not that dude that, that everybody thought he was going to be coming. Like, there were people who were saying he was going to go in the first round. I hate to say this, but Tom Brady fell to the sixth. You just don't Tom know. Tom Brady is not every. Come on. When Tom Brady came out, came out of Michigan, there was a reason that he went in the sixth round. He was not and that, that dude. I can agree with you dude. there. I can agree with you there. But I also, I also very, very, very seriously doubt that scouts haven't gotten better in that sense. Like you don't, you don't really get the goats being seventh and eighth round picks like that no more. Like you're not getting guys who are like the best in the league getting drafted or coming in as undrafted free agents. Like how often does that happen now? Well, it's never happened often. So, but I still, I still see teams whiff on Mariota and whiff on Jameis Winston and whiff on quarterbacks year after year after year. Sam Darnold, I see, I see teams whiff all the time. So I don't, I, I want to, I want to agree with you. I'm just not sure that that they haven't figured it out because I don't think they have. I think, I think that I've said it a hundred times. The draft is a crapshoot. It is the, it's you're better off taking a half a million dollars and putting it on black and and spinning the roulette wheel in my in my opinion than drafting somebody in the top 10 of the NFL draft because you just don't know it's crap shoot Aaron Maben oh he went 11th but you know what I'm saying (laughs) Mike Mike Williams went fourth where did where did Darius go Darius went fifth right was it fifth or sixth uh ninth was it ninth I didn't think it was third third I was gonna say I thought it was I thought it was top three I I keep he was third by the way are you wearing a Terrence McGee jersey no, I am wearing a Stefan Gilmore jersey. Oh, I was going to say, mad respect if you were in a McGee jersey. I was like, dang. Yeah, no, that one out. I can't find a McGee jersey. I've been looking. <laughs> trust me. I can't find it. What are you going to say, Sterles? I, I think we got to put a little bit of respect on Jake Fromm's name just a little bit. Uh, nope. He's, hold on. Nope. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. No, you can finish. I'm just telling you I won't put respect on his name, but go ahead. Um. Love in it. college, he he was he's not a bad quarterback. He is not a he was not a bad college quarterback. He was just very inconsistent. Now he did have the uh, the cupboard full of talent. I'm not saying that he's backup material. He's just at in his career, he's just a guy. Matt Barkley, same thing. Matt Barkley had if you want to talk about weapons in college, Matt Barkley had it all. He had it all, mm-hmm. and, and though they're just a guy, that, and, and that's all from will ever be is just a guy. He's he's. Okay. Now we hope that the only thing that Matt Barkley has over Jake Fromm at this point is what's between the ears, the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But from a physical standpoint, they are very much alike. And I would argue to say that Jake Fromm probably has a slightly stronger arm, if that means anything. Right. But but they're I mean they're washed to me. They're washed. They're both washed. You're right. They shouldn't be on the team. <laughs> so I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just not gonna, I'm just not gonna sit here and say that he's just trash. And you know, because we. Well, no, I didn't trash. call him trash. I didn't call him trash. What I'm saying is, I don't think that he's a good player. So yeah, I didn't say yeah. he's trash. To me, trash means you're like you shouldn't be in the NFL at all. I believe he has a place in the league. I just like he's better than Peterman. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not gonna just, I'm not gonna trash him. But I do not think that 
I do not think that he deserves the type of talk that we're giving him right now. Like oh. we're just anointing this guy as like a, a good player. And in college, uh, it's the same I conversation. As, wait, wait, wait. It's the same conversation that now Bills fans want to have about Tua because he's on Miami. Oh, he came out of a off uh, all, like a pro ready offense. He had all these weapons and he should be pro ready. And now he's not playing. Jake Fromm had all the weapons. He had the team. He had all this stuff. He's if he was that good, he would have been drafted earlier than the fifth. That's that's all I'm saying. He would have been drafted earlier. He, the way we talk about Tua in Buffalo because we don't like him, he's a Miami player. It's the same story. It's the not, same storyline. You're not wrong, but I'm not judging Jake Fromm on some crazy talent that I think he has. I'm judging him on the Bills drafting him fifth, and then we've only seen him in one preseason game. That's all I'm. That's all I'm judging him on. That's it. I understand, and and I guess where I'm coming from is just that I don't think we would have drafted him if it wasn't for those two things that we talked about, like the fact that he was there in the fifth. And then the fact that we knew New England Patriots were probably going to take him a couple picks later if we didn't. No, I, think that, the, I think those. I, I think when the Bills drafted him, I literally tweeted that they did that to keep him from keep him out of New England. Like I think I tweeted that at the. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that's what I said. Like when he got drafted by the Bills, like oh they're just they're just hiding him from from the Patriots. Is all they're doing luxury pick basically. Yeah. And maybe yeah. not even that. I mean, look at look at what the Bills have done to develop quarterbacks. I mean, he's a fix and flip. You come in here for a couple years. Yeah. We're gonna fix you, and we're gonna trade your ass. That's all yeah. he is. So basically, what the, flip. when you find your franchise quarterback and then just start building draft capital with quarter, backup quarterbacks that you're developing, yeah. which what the Patriots tried to do for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and it's good to do if you can actually do it. So if that's what we're going to use Jake for, good, I'm with it. But but for me to sit here and think that um he should he should win the backup or not, I mean, obviously Mitch is here, so nobody was saying that tonight. But yeah, yeah, the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. that we feel that he should win like a I think roster, especially this year, roster spots are so valuable. And I just don't want to give one to Jake. I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't right, want to give right. one, you know. Right. Uh real but quick. Moving on. Wait, real quick, Brian on? Bowers. Brian Bowers just says Tom Brady was an anomaly an anomaly. I know he was. So was Josh Allen. I'm just saying that's the point. You just don't know. You can't a guy comes in fifth round or not, you can't just you can't just write him off. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree. Let me tell you why. You're a Michigan fan. No, no. You called me out last week on Isaiah Hodgins. I'm calling you out on Tom Brady. Here's the difference, though. I watched Tom Brady in in college. Yeah, you did. And what you see, like we talked about Tom Brady's the ultimate closer. He was that for Michigan. He he was just – he was battling with Jim uh, Drew Henson. That's that's why – that's part of the reason why he fell so far. And he didn't test well. Right. That's why he fell to the sixth round. But Tom Brady was the the surgeon. The he was that dude in college. Cere- a cerebral guy. He was that yeah. guy. Was we can that move guy. on. Just That's what I'm saying. We can move on. Yeah. We just slept on him. You yeah. know, they they a bunch of teams slept on him. He got picked and and blew the world yeah. up. So, but sticking with the quarterback, the, the backup quarterback. So let's talk about Mitch for a second. I'm gonna jump around on the questions. Mitch, um, there was some criticism from I don't know why that he was scared or he wasn't really ready for whatever, and he only threw two passes and he got to figure it out. Is that is is it more that he, y'all thought he was scared or tentative, or do you think that it was the play calling? Because from how how I looked at it, um, and we're actually going to talk about Devin shortly, but I looked at it as the first quarter was really a Devin Singletary showcase. Mm. Um, Joe, let's start with you. How do you feel about Mitch Trubisky's performance and his criticism of uh, his his first quarter? So I know that you're you're very good at getting files up on the screen, and maybe it's it's too late. I wish I I, I wish I would have thought about this. I could have sent you the video that I made that I recorded of Channel Two News here in Buffalo and the the sports anchor woman saying that uh, that Mitch Trubisky played most of the first mm-hmm. half and threw two passes and very much looked like he was afraid to th- or scared to throw the football, which is what you're referencing. Um, yes. It was absolutely by design. The Buffalo Bills 
Bengals were trying to put the run game on film. They're trying to figure out what they've got to figure out. They said during the season last year that they were going to take a deep dive. They were taking a deep, deep dive in the first preseason game uh, for, for their team, just trying to figure out what they had probably in Devin Singletary, what they had in, in the lineman that they, that they had available. That's my opinion. It was, there was no, there was not a single time where uh, Mitch Trubisky walked to the line with the play call and, and checked at the line and checked him into a run. And then he handed the ball off. It was just straight snap handoff, snap, handoff, snap, handoff. Oh, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Mean, threw it up. <laughs> you let it rip, let it rip. Oh, if it plays here. It we go. Yeah. Typically it's not going to play just because I want to play it for you guys. Um, but <laughs> there was, <laughs> there was some, this, this particular uh, news anchor had some very, very serious criticism of our, of our uh, backup quarterback, but it's not going to play. So I'm going to take it out. We'll try it again in a moment. And in her mind, just to finish it up. And in her mind, when she got done, like, Jake Fromm was the star of the night. Like it was, he was the star of the show because of one, the one pass he threw, but go ahead, Sterles. Ooh, wow. Uh, I don't even know what to say to all that. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I really don't know what to say. I, I think uh, Mitchell Trubisky did what he was supposed to do. Uh, he, 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 I mean, they were showcasing the running game. They, they, the fact that they were, they zone run blocking scheme. That's what they showcased. That's mm-hmm. what they showcased. Um, Devin Singletary works best in a zone blocking scheme. That's mm-hmm. why he, that's why he played the way he did. They want to get chemistry out of this offensive line. They know who their top five is, but it was more of a showcase to see what Cody, what Cody Ford was going to be this year and, and and what he showed that he he that boy can play some some guard he can play that that that's what they showed so right. two passes i don't care i mean yeah the one pass he kind of threw at that dude's feet uh but that's that's not quarterbacks need rhythm like Tr- trubisky can play in this league he's not a starter material but the dude can play so well, i'm not i don't care what that, but he's, he's played 50 games he's won 29 of them go ahead see if it'll play if not i've got the i've got to get the backwards version here no audio he did. well that is the story right now with the backers right a huge storyline obviously is that quarterback plays the bill definitely wanted to add depth to the addition with mitchell trubisky and tonight was his time to shine the former First round pick has been looking for a way to get back on track. And you know what? The track was off center tonight. We only saw Mitch in the first half. He was only one for two, totaling 10 yards. Looked like he was scared to throw it, but basically just handed it off all night, basically to Devin Singletary. He got to, he has to go back to the drawing board, basically. And on the other hand, though, tonight, 11 for 16 and 90 yards, one touchdown to Devin Singletary. Jake Fromm, though, man, he's a star of tonight, who hadn't played in two years, also finished with eight for 13 and 65 yards from coming down to the end, leading the bill to a victory, getting rid of the ball very quickly out of the pocket and a beautiful complete pass to Marquez Stevenson for 42 yards, setting up a Tyler Bass field goal, which would end up winning the game. And But, you know, long story short is after game one, Josh Allen needs to stay healthy because in my mind, there is no solid quarterback as of right now. Let's start. So, r- real quick. She needs to have her mind checked. Well, 
Well, real quick, because I don't want this to be I, I want to make sure I make this clear. This is not like a, a mansplaining thing speaking about a woman. This has nothing to do with her being a woman. This has everything to do with the take just being awful, in my opinion. Um, if, if Joe would have said this, I would have been like, Joe, what the heck, dude? I just think it's an awful. You know, if 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 the gameplay or the plan was for him to actually go back there and fling it out there 15 times and he didn't throw it and took sacks or he, you know, tried to figure then. Yeah. Okay. I would, I would agree with that, but that's not, to me, that's not what I saw. Um, Joe, you don't want to send me the video and I know we, you already kind of <laughs> had some comments on it. Why don't you uh, just kind of go for it for a quick second? I mean, what, what do you suppose? It has nothing to do with her being a female. It has more about her. She either, she either was reading the copy and didn't watch the game and somebody wrote the copy for her or she watched the game and literally knows nothing about football at all, because this is this much. I can promise you if a quarterback, even especially in preseason went out on the football field, if they called pass play and he handed it off, they called another pass play and he handed it off by the third pass play they called and he hands it off. They're calling timeout and yanking him off the football field. Like there's no world where the quarterback just snaps the ball and is like, you take it. Like, it just doesn't happen in the NFL, right? If they call a pass play, he throws it. If they call a run play, he hands it off. You hand it off. I don't, I don't know what, uh, how scary you have to be to, to take it, uh, you know, to actually listen to the play call. But, channel, okay. Ch- channel, two, <laughs> channel 2 Buffalo, WGRZ. So, like I said, shout out to Channel 2. I love them normally. Uh, that was just a bad take there for me. That, w- that was horrible. Uh, but moving on, like, that's still in the same. He wants to talk. But no, nah. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on because yeah. it's still in the same. It's still in the same breath. But she talked about handing the ball off multiple times to Devin. What did you think about Devin? Is Devin RB one? I know Joe and a couple others. Like, nah, he 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 improved. He looks a little bit quicker. He looks like he's decisive. And I agree. He looked very good last week. What do you think? Who, who you asking me or Joe? You, yeah, Sterles, yeah. Oh, I I. I thought he looked good. I, I think Devin Singletary looks good, but I I didn't see I don't I don't see any improvement from Devin Singletary. Uh, from what I saw, I just saw that he was in a in a better situation from a from a run scheme. Uh, from from the blocking perspective, um, and he was more of a one key one cut runner, cut mm-hmm. and go. So, yeah, I, I think Zach Moss is pr- still probably RB one just from what we saw last year towards the end of the season. Um, and that's okay. But running back one in this offense doesn't mean anything because they all split reps. Uh, if we want to be critical of anybody's running, it was Matt Breida. Um, I felt like Matt Breida needed to be more decisive, um, you know, with some of his carries. You know, he kind of mm-hmm. is kind of feeling out. But you also have to look at who was up front when he was running the ball too. So mm-hmm. um, I need to see a little more moving forward uh, as far as Matt Breida goes. But to your point, Devin Singletary was Devin Singletary. What you saw right there was what we saw year one. That's yeah. the same dude. So, yeah. For well, me, my De- question for that. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, Devin Singletary rushed for five point four yards yards per carry as far as his average goes. Burita was two point seven. Antonio Williams was two point two. For me, if I'm looking at two point seven versus two point two in a backup role, I don't care how much speed they have. I want the guy that runs angry. And Ant- Antonio Williams, for me, from game one, ran angry. Like he he was attacking the defensive line. When he had the ball, I'm not ready to crown Devin Singletary as RB one and Zach Moss RB two. You know, we still need to see more, but I think he definitely either helped his game, his roster position on this team, or to your point, he des- definitely showcased himself to potentially bring us some some trade value. So, well, one of the things that I looked at when I saw it, it was like 
um, I felt like the team helped with scheming. I feel like the scheme that we saw in that first quarter, really the, the first half, I don't feel like it was a scheme we saw all last season. And I could be wrong. I'm not the film breakdown guy. I, I'm not the, the guy that can like really look and spot it. But I feel like the, even though there's no real game plan, I feel like the the very early game plan going in was to um, let's let's play to Devin's strengths. Let's make sure that he looks pretty good. A couple of weeks ago, Joe and I did a, a roster prediction, kind of like a, a few shows in a row where we did like the overreaction, then chop up and hump day. Not chop up. I'm sorry. Chop up's coming. Y'all It's coming. But uh, <laughs> we did we did our roster predictions. And one of the things that I said was and this was not in a slight to Devin because I love Devin. I really do love Devin. I thought that they were going to showcase him the same way we showcased Sammy Watkins the first year that Sean McDermott became coach. When Tyrod Taylor came out, it's like eight plays in a row. Tyrod to Sammy. Tyrod to Sammy. I think that game he was like, you know, he had like five receptions for like 80-something yards in the first preseason game of the year. And then a week later, he was traded. I have a strong, and again, if I'm wrong, I will gladly admit that I'm wrong about this because I would love to see Devin do well here in Buffalo. Right. But I really think that they put on a showcase that night. There's a reason why, yeah, we got Mitch Trubisky. Let's, all the fans are excited to be, see our, our quarterback too. They know that. They know that Mitch Trubisky's here and we want to, there's a reason why the first quarter, I think the first five plays were handoffs to Devin. Like literally the first five plays. It may have been more. It may have been more than five. It was a lot. So, well, what do you think about that? And I'll start with you, Joe, because you and I talk and actually I have, you and I had this conversation in the chat with Bruce. What do you what do you think? Do you think it's one of those situations where he was being showcased to kind of, um, you know, to get some love for a potential trade? Or do you think that the team is really like, OK, let's see what we got. Let's let's put all our chips behind Devin. I think everybody on this football team not named Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs and a couple others are being showcased all the time with Brandon Bean. Is that fair mm-hmm. to say? Like, I, I'm not necessarily sure. Like even, I mean, just pick a guy. Tyler Bass is not being showcased. He's obviously going to be here. Uh, Reed Ferguson's not being, like there's a few guys that are not being showcased, but everybody else is. I don't know. I think they talked heavily about situational football, that they were going to try to work situations into a real football game, which that was. You know, mind you, the speed probably wasn't, you know, game one ready. Uh, there was a lot of backups on the field. A lot of the Bills starters didn't play. I think they just wanted to see. They just wanted to see what they're going to see. I Sterles, you can probably speak more to it. Yes, that was a that was a high point. Cody Ford was was absolutely mauling dudes. But Sterles, you can speak to it. I don't know how much of the, of the film you've watched back, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but you and I have talked a lot about pin and pull versus the wide zone or running a zone offense. Were they flipping around? Were they doing were they doing pin and pull? Uh like what what did you see as far as that goes? Was it were they trying to just put it on film and see if the make the, are they trying to make that decision, right? Yeah, I, I think chemistry has a lot to do with it. And I think you have to also, I mean, it goes back to Brian Dable and what he is. I mean, he is a thinking man's coordinator. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's he's right now, he's trying to see what we all know they could pass the ball all over the field all day long. He's but they're trying it. to they're yeah, they're trying to figure out, okay, how do we supplement the pass game with the run game? And so what you saw, okay, we want to see what you guys look like out in space. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, last year we didn't have all those guys healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. But Cody Ford is an athlete. You know, Daryl Williams is an athlete. Mitch Morse is an athlete. Feliciano is the probably the worst athlete on the on the offensive line that, that's going to yep. start. Right. Yep. So they the zone blocking works. You saw Cody Ford pulling. Oh my God. It was like that it was beautiful. 
Cody Ford was like ready to kill and destroy. So all y'all out there, y'all need to go ahead and get your damn get your letter ready because slandering that boy's name. My guy Jay Spence up there was it came out was like y'all need to chill the hell out. So all Which y'all that were saying Cody Ford was trash and this and this and that and that blah 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 blah. Go ahead and apologize now. We're going to give you the opportunity now to go ahead and do that. Jay Spence, you can uh, you could be the uh, the king of that. Okay, but uh, Cody Ford, <laughs> Cody Ford came to play. He did, and I'm gonna yeah. give him credit. I'm I'm gonna give him credit too, and I'm I'm so proud of the fact that he came out in the first preseason game and and showed like you know what I mean like after all of the negativity that he was getting and after all of the whatever we want to call it, he came out and was like, you know what, whatever, forget y'all. I'm a, I'm gonna show y'all what it is. Before I before I keep going with a couple things, I do want to I want to ask and make sure uh, for both. I know Joe had a pretty busy day. Are you able to kind of stick around a little oh, bit yeah. and go into overtime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I apologize again for being late. And Sterles, hi. What up? <laughs> <laughs> you got some extra time too, Stros? Can you kick around for a minute? Oh, as long as you want. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's do. It. For the record, I just want everybody to know. Like right now, we're still kind of just just running this. But during the season, the way this is going to work, the first hour will be the podcast, and then I'm actually going to go probably a half hour to 45 minutes overtime every single week. And this is the opportunity for the super chats, and this is the opportunity for us to talk. I really want to get in, you know a bunch of engagement this season with you guys. So um, I'm going to do the pod that will be posted for a full hour, and then after that, we're going to stay live. But the show won't. You know, it just won't continue as far as the recording process but all right moving on one more time the defensive line yo first of all this is the most excited i've been about the defensive line since we had the cold front and by the cold front i'm talking about when we had like uh what is it darcel marius i gotta say it like that when we had darcel marius and we had, you know and we had like literally you can you, you all everybody hughes, knows hughes and mario like yep yeah for sure it was like it was like the best line wide, that the you, wide like, nine the wide nine so let's start with let's start with joe with this because i know how how joe actually he he had to tell me you need to put some some respect on mario williams name because i was upset <laughs> i ain't gonna lie i was upset do we have 2.0 of the cold front I don't know yet. Obviously, I mean, it's I, if I'm going to react, then I'm going to overreact. I loved the energy. the The energy was back, and the energy was great. There were some. <clears throat> there was a lot of. There was a lot of great wins. There was a lot of winning that that Groot was doing with his length, which was great. And and you know when, when you saw him stick his hand out, it stuck his hand in the chest of the, of the tackle, and the tackle was kind of like this, cupping his hands together because he couldn't reach him. Kind of like what our dads used to do <laughs> when they would hold us off with their hand like this, and you're like, <laughs> literally, that was kind of what was going on there. He got folded up a little bit in the run game, which Sterles could probably speak to. I think from the from the ground standpoint, you know, there probably wasn't as much as we want to see. But hey, it's it's preseason game number one, uh, number one rather. I loved the the energy out of FA Obata. I loved what I saw out of Andre Smith. I know he's not part of the line, but as far as this defense goes, there's a lot to be hopeful for. I, I'm going to go back and say it: if this defense can find what it had in 2019, and we get 2020 Josh Allen back, book your flights to Buffalo for the parade. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I'm going to just be honest. I already got, I already kind of got the the flight booked because it's cheap, <laughs> and uh, I can cancel if it needs be. But before I move to Sterles, you just mentioned FA Obata, and a couple weeks ago on our prediction show, you were struggling with trying to figure out if he makes the roster or where you see him after week. And I know it's only been one preseason game. Do you still feel the same way, or do you think now he's kind of more so um, a guy that you feel will make the fifty-three? I, I, I'm, I'm still nervous because Daryl Williams didn't exactly hurt himself. 
And Daryl Williams is the fifth edge rusher on the left side or on the right side right now. The fifth. Daryl Johnson. Johnson, sorry. Daryl Johnson's number five uh, on the right side. So if, if he makes the team, how many how many guys are going to keep? Right? Epinesa yeah. looked good. Obata looked good. Uh, Basham is kind of the only one that kind of really didn't shine and didn't flash in that football game. Groot looked good. Hughes is making this football team. Are we back to having the conversation about Mario Addison getting cut? I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how you keep old guys regardless of cap and let young guys go because they're going to get scooped up by other teams and then they're going to win championships with other teams. But that's just my thoughts. So I don't right. cut down date. We're going to cry. There's going to be a lot of us crying. It's going to be bad. I told, I told everybody when we did that show, I said, look, it's going to be some breakups that y'all not ready for. Oh yeah. It's, it's going to be some breakups. Steros, do you think that we got the second coming of the cold front? I won't say, uh, the second coming because we had elite that uh, in my opinion at that time it was elite talent Marcel Darius was I think there are some areas well whatever you want to call him okay <laughs> there are some areas big boy had I think he had like <laughs> 10 sacks and so did Kyle Williams okay so yeah. you, by yeah. my calculations that puts them those two at, at the defensive tackle position in the top 10 of the league so and then you had Mario Williams who was a top five defensive end in the league at the time top three even so no, we don't. It's not the second coming of the cold front, but I think this is the best defensive line that we've had from top to bottom, like from from a depth standpoint. And I've been saying, I said this on on the hoof last week. I even mentioned this on your show uh, uh, last week. We talked about the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And I was really high on the defensive line, and, and, and I told y'all, Groot's gonna that boy. Yeah. He gonna ball out. He's gonna ball out, and he did. He did. So I like I like this defense. I love this defensive line. I love it. I think this is the best defensive line Sean McDermott has had in his career. I just don't know how you keep even with the even with the uh, the youth and how young they are. I don't know how Addison and Butler stay on this football team. Don't you hold on to that youth? Yeah, I I think I think Addison makes it. I think McDermott he, he loves his guys. Mm-hmm. He loves mm-hmm. his guys. But yeah, I think Vernon Butler's he's he's gone. He gone. He slotted ahead of Harrison Phillips in that football game. So yeah, weird. He, he's gone. He Weird. is gone. He gone. <laughs> what th- would you think of Harrison Phillips? How do you think he played in that football game? I, I think he was uh, he was okay. I think yeah. he had some some good snaps. I, you would have liked to see him win on third and short. You yeah. know, I, I think he failed to uh, seize the moment there, and he, he, I don't think he anchored down enough. Um, so I think that hurts him. Yeah. Uh, but he was okay. I mean, if you want to talk about uh, what what he did on the on the rush attempt with uh, Epinesa. And uh, grew on the end. He kind of forced. He was the, the catalyst to to force Jared Goff into that sack that group got. Right, right. It, it, I mean, you really should have credited that to to uh, Harrison Phillips and the pressure yeah. that he applied up front. So, um, it's I need to see more consistency. He 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 can't afford to have mistakes if he wants to make the team. Right, right. He, for sure, he can't afford it. So. And for some reason, Vernon Butler can afford to make mistakes, which which is just bewildering to me. Bobby Hart and Vernon <laughs> Butler, they they should be friends because they're both going to be packing their bags. <laughs> so it's like, bro, when are you leaving? When am I leaving? Bro, when are you leaving? <laughs> and it's like that Spider-Man meme when they're all both pointing at each other. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. they go. They go. Well, let me ask you this because um, we're still talking about the defense. Leslie Frazier today also, uh, he, he it seemed like he was like oozing when he was talking about Starla Tulele. And I know um, earlier in the year, Joe and I on the, the hump day hotline, we talked about how um, it was a possibility that, you know, like, yeah, he looks like he's in shape, but he lost. So that means he's undersized or it means this, or he gets got to get back in game shape. And, but you know, we, we, we went through all of the, the things. 
how um I know we didn't we're not able to really talk to how he's going to look during the season. But how do you feel hearing everything that we're hearing out of camp and everything that you're hearing from the coaches? What's your feeling on star being back as an addition to this defensive line? God, because we, we haven't talked about him. Like, you know, like the guys that you all just me- mentioned, nobody says star. Everybody was talking about boogie. Ev- like literally everybody that you guys just named star was not mentioned, but star yep. is a lock. Yep. Oh, he's a lock. He He's the icing on the cake. He, Okay, I think we have to remember Star is an average defensive tackle. But his niche of what he does best elevates uh, his role in this defense because the ability to plug up, you know, to plug the middle. Boogie and that Oliver, and and I guess everybody on on the defensive line is going to benefit because he can consistently eat up two guys. He's that strong. His strength, his ability to anchor down. He does need to be able to make more plays, which he doesn't, but that that's not what they're asking him to do, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that Carlos Basham is going to benefit. Ed Oliver is is immensely going to benefit because you watch Ed Oliver in one-on-one reps. He is tough as hell for, for offensive mm-hmm. linemen to, to mm-hmm. handle. And, yeah. and we saw Boogie, you know, I, and I, Boogie wants to do the, the Dwight Freeney all the time. He's he going to have to get a couple more moves in this pass rush arsenal. He's going to have to improve there. But, uh, yeah, star is, star is going to be huge, but we're not going to see it statistically, right? We're just going to see it from a standpoint. He's going to hold up to. Tremaine Edmonds is going to uh, benefit, and I think the rest of the defensive line members are going to do as well. So, Joe, yeah. before, you, um, before you comment on that, I, I wanted to kind of – so everybody knows what I'm talking about. I, I just wanted to play this really quickly. This is defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier talking about Star Latulale today um, during his presser. Some of why he – didn't play in that ball game is some of the good things we've seen in practice that was enough that we've seen to tell us it wasn't necessary to put him out there in that ball game that we could wait another week and continue to evaluate some of the other players we wanted to be able to see so he's had a really good camp uh you know we were all wondering what it would be be like when we got him back and uh boy he's been uh, a bright light for us uh, in, in a lot of ways so we still got some work ahead of us you know He'll get a chance to get some work this week and and, and maybe in, in the third preseason game as well. But up to this point, he's been a big boost uh, to our defensive line. So what do you think, Joe? You're almost looking at him like a specialist, right? I mean, it's almost what you were saying, Sterles. He's almost like a specialist. What he does, he doesn't do a lot well, but what he does well is that one thing he does well. And when he's on the field for his 52% of his snaps, it makes everybody around him better because they have have to face less competition, right? So Ed Oliver's going to get back to one-on-ones. Groot is going to get one-on-ones. Jerry Hughes is going to get one-on-ones because Star is trouble. He's he's a little bit of a problem. He's a nuisance inside when he's out, you know, when he's on the football field. I I I am I I have said it a hundred times last year. If Star Latulale is the reason that defense fell from third to 20, whatever it was early in the season, the first half of the season last year, then he might be the greatest defensive tackle to play football. We're about to find out if that defense comes out this year and star makes that big of a difference. I don't know what to say other than that dude probably belongs in the hall of fame, right? I mean, isn't that what we're saying? 52% of the snaps and he can take a defense from 20 to three. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just star though. I, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, obviously yeah. with star out, you're moving Ed to the one, right? And like you're shuffling players around, and they had some trouble in some other areas, but I mean, it's hard to believe that one guy can make that big of a difference. But he's uh, he's he's Trevor Ariza in his prime, D and three. 
Right. I mean, that's basically what it is. He comes in, he does his one eleven, and he right. sits the hell down. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And what? And the thing that I'm I'm extremely I guess excited about. You know, I know a couple minutes ago we just mentioned how Boogie Basham needs to add some some moves to his uh, repertoire to to really get going. Early on in the process, after after the draft, everybody was like, "Well, we got Boogie, who's ready to play now." And then we got the guy with all the raw traits, and and now it's looking like our first round draft pick is actually ready to play, and our second has to be developed a little. Not not that he won't play; he's going to play. But I'm saying, mm-hmm. like, it looks like he needs he needs some work. He needs to add some moves. He needs to do some things. But what I'm excited about is having Star back. There were a lot of times, especially last season, uh, we always hear the Bills are one of the best in the league at at uh, quarterback pressures. First of all, y'all know I complain about that because to me, um, a disruptive play means you literally disrupted the play. Like it, it was a bad play at that point. I don't want to disrupt the quarterback and they still convert a third and four uh, for twelve it. yards. You Talk know, so it. to me, that's not an actual pressure. I feel like this year, with the length that we have on the on the D line now, including F. A. Obata, including Groot. I think that now Star is going to he's really going to show um, again. It won't be sacks. It won't be like you're right. It's not going to show up on the stat sheet. But I really do think, Joe, I think this is the year that um, Star is going to prove his worth to all of the fans that doubted him. All the people that said, why is he making this much money? He doesn't even have any sacks or whatever. I think he proves like, look, I eat these double teams up and I let guys like Ed Oliver mm-hmm. go and eat. I take I take all these double teams. So now uh, Greg Rousseau can go and do his thing like this is what I do. Mm-hmm. So I think this year and I think Trey White, all the criticism that Trey White got. I Big. think it matters a lot to Trey White yep. if the defensive line can actually do their job. When you're expected, whether you, I don't care if you're the best cornerback in the league. I don't care if you're Revis. If you are expected to cover a guy for seven seconds, more than likely he's going to catch the ball. You know, it, it's it's very difficult to guard a guy that long. Um, but but that's just how I feel. I really do think that the overall defense is going to improve because of Star. So, no, I don't think – I know you were being a little sarcastic with the way you said it. I don't think he's the greatest. But, honestly, I think the dude is is super valuable. I don't think there's – I don't think there's 10 more valuable defensive tackles in the league. I'm not saying 10 better. There are. Sure, but sure. I think for for what he means to the team, I don't think that there's too many guys that are more valuable in the defensive tackle position than Starla Tulele is for the Buffalo Bills. I can't disagree with anything you just said. That's a first. That I was expecting true. Joe. That is not true. That, is, that, happens a lot. Was, <laughs> that happens a lot. I was expecting Joe to get me on that. What do you think about that, Sterl, since Joe is on my side this time? Yeah, I, I just think uh, go back and look at 2015 Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. and, and what Star Latule's impact was, and that was Star in his prime. Uh, he was he had some moments where he's disruptive, and this and it's and I think it's going to be consistent with what we've seen from Star. Yeah. Like Star sometimes makes a splash play, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't really notice him on the field because he's he, he's doing all the dirty work that and that's what they paid him to do. When so when when we signed Star Latule. For what we signed him for, everybody was like, "Ooh, I was too." Like that's a lot of money, but we didn't have we didn't have the necessary pieces around him to make him look the way he needs to to look. Mm. Now they do. Now we're gonna see. So now Star can't. He's gonna make a few plays because now you have guys around him that can ball too. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's, that makes him a complete unit. And it's going to confuse it's going to confuse a lot of people with him in there when they throw an Obata inside, when they throw Groot inside, when they throw mm-hmm. like when they throw three defensive ends and star on the field. It's going to ha- they're going to have to think about it. The quarterback and the, the, the line and the quarterback's going to have to they're going to have to 
figure some stuff out on the fly pretty quick, right? Yeah. Did you did you yeah. guys see Rousseau in when he was as reps inside? Oh mm-hmm. my god. It's gonna be fun. Bro, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. He's nasty. That boy is nasty, <laughs> man. I'm, Disgusting. Yeah, I don't think Yo. people don't realize how good he's gonna be. Well, I didn't, and I'm being honest about that. When we when we drafted him, I was like, oh, you know, like I was really disappointed. He's going to be nasty. But, yo, before we because I feel like we're going to dive into that a little bit. I want to give everybody uh, who's listening to this by pod a chance to know where they can find your work, because uh, this show is going to end via podcast. Uh, so, Sturros, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find your content and what you got coming up for the season? Yeah, uh, you know, you can find me on Twitter at Ferro Sterling. I'm with the Cover One Network. Uh, we have the Hoof Podcast on Tuesday nights. Uh, we're going to once the season starts, we're going to be dropping our Friday pod as well. Uh, completely different from the Tuesday night show. So, uh, you know, we're going to be, you know, giving some uh, in-depth analysis and just just, you know, talking bills, man. Uh, you know, we're going to have some some good guests coming up during the season and uh, we're just going to be be rocking it, man. The voice, Joe Miller, the real voice, Joe, Mil- the buttery voice, Joe Miller. Why don't you let everybody know what you got going on and what you got coming up, man? The, the blushing Joe Miller. Uh, it, it's almost <laughs> obligatory at this point. Everybody, I think every, I feel like every, you and I are together so much. I feel like everybody knows who I am, but you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Uh, and I uh, host the overreaction show, the overreaction, maybe post game show. I might call it through the season. So nine o'clock on Sundays. That's my primary show. And then obviously I'm on with you on uh, Wednesday nights, uh, nine o'clock. And I got some other stuff coming up off tech with John Fina and then a pregame show too. That's going to air before yours, before the chop up on Saturdays. But yeah, come find me on Twitter. Yeah, it's going down. Find them on Twitter. Um, it's going to be a good season. You have something else? No, no. I want you to close it out. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Well, well, no, before I do, I had a couple of announcements myself. Okay. So like Sterling mentioned, we have, we have the chop up joint or starting um, as of September, the first Saturday in September, or actually, no, it's going to be the second Saturday in September. It's the day before the game. The chop up is going to air this year. Instead of Mookie and myself, it's going to be myself with Sterling, the guy that joined us here tonight. It's going to be Kristen Kimmick, the president for the Mafia Babes. And we got my homegirl, Angelina White, joining us. It's going to be a good time. Um, before that, that same day, prior to the chop up premiere, we're going to be circling the wagons at this skating party. I need y'all to come. If you're in Buffalo for the home opener and you're there Saturday, Please, please, please come and join us at the Frank Young Sports Arena. It's going to be from 4 to 7 p.m. We're going to do the damn thing. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to try to go backwards and all that. I told him he got to play some Cisco because that's what I was skating to when I was a kid. They was skating skating to Cisco. Uh, another, another thing, the week prior to that, I got my man, the real Mike Robb, NFL network analyst and former NFL fullback, joining me for the Code of Conduct. August 30th, 9 p.m., same place as you are right now. Come and kick it with me. That is the last time the Code of Conduct will air on a Monday night for the season. After that, the Code of Conduct is now moving to Tuesdays. Make sure y'all know it's on Tuesdays because Mondays y'all going to see Joe, which is cool. Please join Joe and John Fina for the off tackle. That's what it's called, right, Joe? Yep, off tackle. Yeah, Monday night, off tackle. And then Tuesdays, come and kick it with me for the Code of Conduct. Those are all my announcements, so I'm done with that. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) y'all know how I do it here at the Code of Conduct. Love each other, take care of each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive and test negative. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.
Let's get it. Now. Okay. Okay. So this is what I want to say. So there's parallels all over the place. And, and Spence, you've brought them up in the past. But this hit me in, I don't even know where I was. I may have been in the truck. I don't even know. I remember being a little kid and being in a Buffalo Bills game. I don't know what year it was. It may have been uh, 85, 86. I don't, I don't exactly remember. And I remember not knowing a ton about football. So I might have been a little bit younger. I might have been 11. Um, and something happened on the field. And I remember the whole crowd booing. Right. So they were booing. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been 85 booing. And I looked at my dad. I was like, dad, why are they booing? And he goes, they're not booing, son. They're saying Bruce. Bruce. Right. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And here we are. We find ourselves with a quarterback that is lighting it up with potentially the best offense we've had ever. And we now have a defensive end that we potentially can sit in the stands and I can, you know, my daughter can ask me why they're booing and I can say, no, honey, they're saying Groot. Yeah. Groot. So it's just kind of a kind Let's of a kind it. of a cool thing. So that that one to just kind of encapsulate that whole defensive line talk with just that that piece. Like I hope I get 10 years of sitting in the stands going Groot. So yeah. But see, I'm excited about it because the thing is if he's really obviously if he wouldn't have taken that year off, he probably would have been drafted top 10. Right. Oh, yeah. So if he oh, was yeah. drafted top 10 or top five, whatever, wherever he would have fell, we really may have gotten at 30. Like right. a like a legitimate franchise defensive end. So we'll see. Shout out to my guy, Eli. First of all, I want everybody to know Eli is like one of the funniest dudes, but he's one of the most loyal guys. I appreciate you, Eli. He says our Buffalo Bills will go toe to toe with the National Darlings, Kansas City and Tampa Bay. And we will surprise everybody. This Bills will be better. Go Bills. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think this is our year. I, I said it earlier in the in the season or earlier in the offseason. Yo, this is the last season. Y'all really can expect me to be humble. Because when it happens, it's not going to be fun. And Joe keep laughing at me. But I'm telling you, this is the last season y'all could expect me to be humble. Um, do you feel the same? Like, I feel like Joe is still, are you, you're still kind of being humble with this. No, I'm, no I, I told you a couple weeks ago, I'm all in. And you, you, you said, finally, you've gotten to where I am. I'm all in on this thing. Like, to me, anything but a championship to me is a disappointment at this point. Super Bowl or bust. Let's get it. What do you think, Strauss? Where are you at? Yeah, yeah. It's Super Bowl or bust, man. They got to they got to get a chip this year, next year. I don't care, but they they got to get it done. They got to get it done. I feel like it's happening, man. Um, so to talk about a little bit of that championship pedigree, I wanted to bring up and and by this, I'm not saying that this person has a championship. I'm talking about it from the standpoint that I feel like he saw two championship caliber rosters last year. What are your thoughts after the first preseason game? And again, everything that we're hearing from everywhere and all this stuff. What are your thoughts really about Jake Kumaro now at this point? Because I, I really do think Jake Kumaro makes this damn roster. I don't think it's a question. I think he's on the roster, and I think he's a big part of the offense. Um, we can start with Joe here, and then uh, the next question I'll start with Stroh. The reason why I'm starting with Joe here is because Joe and I have a bet, and uh, I'm not going to go and grab my cam jersey again because, you know what I mean, but we have a bet going on. So, Joe, how do you feel about <laughs> Jake Kumaro touchdown Jesus at this point? I love touchdown Jesus. That's the problem is I, I keep being called a hater. I, I I would love to have this kid on our football team. I mean, it's uh, Jake Kumaro is good. I just – it's been one preseason game, and guess what? He didn't catch a pass. So I And I know that they ran the ball a lot when he was on the football field. I just don't mm-hmm. – it, it's way – too early we just don't know what's in their heads we don't know what's in their minds dare i say this is the first set of preseason games where even after the first one and i don't know that it'll change after two where bill's mafia is just as confused about like we're all just confused about what the coaching staff is trying to do like what are they doing this pre? 
because it, it was confusing. It was must-see TV. I watched it till the end, which I normally don't do in the preseason either. So I watched it till it hit double zero, hit triple zeros. But there was a great deal of like from the from the start, like what what, is, what are they doing? I mean, didn't you guys feel that way? Like, well, I always when I go into the preseason games, I don't. I, honest to God, I don't read too much into them at all. Like even not, with the depth chart, like last week. No, I'm not saying you were, but I'm saying like even with depth charts and how they do them, yeah. I look at it like it's the pre. So I don't think much into it but normally but. normally you see some semblance of an offense right and the whole first team offense for that game was hand the ball off hand the ball off hand the ball off. and I, I think it was more than five it got to the point where it was like seven eight nine times and i was like what is going on like does this dude well, does, does his arm hurt <laughs> well you know what let me ask you this and in the comments because this this is question time so come on throw some throw some questions out for us but let me ask you because I, I know i asked during the pod but did it look like to you that, that Devin was being showcased to be shipped out or did it look like you know, they were really just trying to establish a running game and, and consistency there. I'm confused. I just I know that it just put us in a situation where we did not get to see a lot of Isaiah Hodgins and we did not get to see a lot of Jay Kumara, which I was excited to see. I was excited to see those two right in prime time. That's what I wanted to see in that football game. Yeah. What do you what do you think, uh, Stroz? Do you think Jake is like, you know, how do you how do you view Jake for this roster right now? Uh, he's wide receiver six. Uh, he's making the squad. I think, you know, when you look at uh, what does he – so I look at it, okay, I know what he brings to the table, but what does he need to improve? And, and I guess it's it's getting off the line of scrimmage consistently into his route. Just like mm-hmm. Isaiah Hodgins, uh, you know, once he's faced with being pressured, you know, hands on him, I think they struggle to to, to get separation. Um but I think where Jay Kumaro, I think he's better from a physical standpoint, athletically. I think he has more of it between the ears, right? It's his experience. So any 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 plays special teams again. So I think he makes a team over Isaiah Hodgins. The fact that Isaiah Hodgins got hurt does not help his cause. Now, if the Bills keep seven, maybe you know Isaiah Hodgins makes a team if they keep seven. But then you have to look at okay, Marquez Stevenson. Mm. I think he made it. I think he he showed a few things. And if you mm. guys go back and look at his route running, he put he dude, improved. He, yeah, he improved. Marquez Stevenson's route running was is way better than what I saw from his tape, college tape. So right. he might yeah, have something to say. Not only he definitely did, improved. Yeah. Not only did he improve, and I don't mean to steal the thunder for the segue because I think I know where you're going with the next question for Sterles. He put stuff on tape from a kick return standpoint that, let's be honest, the Buffalo Bills are one of the few teams last year that kept a kick return and punt return specialist in one. Normally, teams have a kick returner and they have a punt returner. And if there's a team out there that is down a kick returner or needs a kick returner or doesn't like the one they have, and you cut Marquez Stevenson, and he he's not going to make it to the practice squad. Somebody's going to grab mm-hmm. him because he showed that he can return kicks at the NFL level. He showed that on Friday night. Yeah. Well, uh, so before I, I do follow up that question with, with Sturrows, uh, Richard asks, and this is, I guess, for the sake of our bet, what yeah. happens if they keep seven wide receivers and Kumaro and Hodgins both make the roster? I think Bruce has to wear the jersey. <laughs> I would love I would love if, that, if we finally got a Bruce reveal because of this bet. Like, that would be... The... <laughs> so, well, the follow-up now to Sturrows then from that question now. So if Kumaro makes it or if, if Hodgins... Or whatever it is, right? I think I think there's... It's almost 
at this point, it's, it feels like everybody just assumes that Isaiah McKenzie has won the punt and kick return position. Uh, do you feel like he's he's won that role or do you feel like Stevenson is showing a like you said, his his um, route running and everything is actually kind of improving. It looks very good. If I'm being honest, it looks very good compared to what we saw on film. What do, what do you think? I you want me to be completely honest? Yes. Yeah, it's all I ever asked you for. I think Isaiah McKenzie graduated. I, I think he's a he's a legitimate wide receiver. He mm-hmm. is a legitimate wide receiver now. And I think what Marquez Stevenson showed, if he can continually do that in these next two games, he may win <laughs> the punt return and kick return team and let Isaiah McKenzie be like a real wide receiver. Wow. You don't have to do that. Okay, so if that happens, then um, what is your what does your wide receiver room look like? Because there's only because early on, Kumaro's not I, six at that point. Kumaro's not six, right? And also, like I said, Joe and I did our product prediction, and to me, it mattered. So if if Stevenson didn't win the role, to me, he was a practice squad receiver, even mm-hmm. though he was a draft pick. If um, if I said earlier, or not tonight, but if Isaiah McKenzie didn't win the role, I thought that the team moved on from him, especially because his contract doesn't hurt us to, to move on from him. Yeah. So if you're saying that he graduated, which I, which I agree with, I love Isaiah McKenzie, and I feel like a lot of times I get slack for my takes, even though people don't know I, I truly love Isaiah McKenzie. What, what's, your, what's your wide receiver room look like, if that's the case? Who gets left out? Oh, I think uh, Gentry. And I think Isaiah Hodgins. I think well, they get left out. Well, there's 12 on this roster. There's 12 wide well, receivers. The other ones don't even matter. <laughs> Brandon Duke Powell. Williams gone. Brandon Powell. He gone. But I think you're 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 looking at Dig Sanders, Beasley, McKenzie, Davis, Kumaro, Stevenson. I want to throw up this Eli comment. There is no way we are cutting Taiwan Jones. Can we please stop? Yeah. asking to cut Taiwan Jones. Taiwan Jones is a very, 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 very important part of the special teams. We so are Gerald, not cutting Taiwan Jones. So it's Daryl Johnson. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, but more so than Daryl Johnson, Taiwan Jones is a yeah. very, 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 very... The only I feel like the only way this happens at this point is if he really just craps the bed. Right. What he does, he, he does what he does very well at special teams. Sure. sure. So there, there's no like literally he has to go into practice and just be like coming in drunk or something like he there's no way he's not making this roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, Taiwan Jones makes the roster. I think uh, Daryl Johnson, I think he can get cut because I think the Kumaro can 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 play special teams. You know, mm-hmm. you have to look at that. And there's some, uh, a couple other guys that that can play special teams. Uh, so uh, I think Daryl Johnson, he he might not make the squad. I don't care how much Leslie Frazier and those guys beef him up, but how much how much room? I mean, you, you, everybody yeah, can't make it. You I don't think, he makes, <clears throat> I don't he, think he, he makes the roster. He don't I don't think he's going to make the roster. John says we've cut. He's to, he's referring to Taiwan Jones. We've cut him before. We have, but we also brought him back for a reason. As soon as the Texans let him go, he was right back in Buffalo. Like there's and we also had Andre Roberts too. Well, different roles. Andre different Roberts, roles, special but teams, there's but, still know. a number. There's still a number in the in the in the special teams team. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you, but but yeah, Tyron don't like like around the league. It's not just in Buffalo, and it's not just in Houston. Around the league, people respect Tyron Jones the same way around the league people respect to your point, Andre Roberts. So it, just in Buffalo, and I, I have this debate all the time since we did like the the um the thing on the Pod Fathers Pod, you know, when we were with Joe Marino, and I was on Bruce's Pod. 
I I absolutely value special teams. It, it feels like I value special teams more than the community of Western New York. Uh, so, Joe, as far as special teams, because because obviously I, I must be wrong at some point because I, I value it so much. And I think the the valuable pieces in that room deserve a spot because of how valuable special teams are. How do you feel about the, the this whole Taiwan Jones conversation? Do you feel like um, his value is like it, it should put him as a lock for the for the team? Or would you agree here with uh, with Eli and John and, and others in the chat who are saying that he's probably on his way out? I think the Buffalo Bills like players that can do multiple things. Tyler Medikavich is probably more important to the special teams than Taiwan Jones is. And oh, by the way, he's showing that he can play linebacker in this 4-3 defense. Uh, Daryl Johnson is, I know as much as you feel like he's not heralded by the NFL, according to Leslie Frazier and some of the other players, uh, coaches on the team, he is heralded by the NFL. Coaches ask, other teams, coaches ask all the time about him uh, as far as him, you know, his skill set, how fast he is, how big he is, how good he is on special teams, and he can play defensive end. Um, Taiwan Jones is a one-hit wonder. He's a gunner, and that's all he does. And, oh, by the way, he's getting a little bit old. At some point in time, these guys get long in the tooth. I'm not going to be surprised if anybody's cut, to be honest with you. I'll be surprised if Stephon Diggs is cut. I'll be surprised if Cole Beasley's cut. Outside of that, like, everybody's a cut or trade candidate that's not named, not wearing number 17, not named Josh Allen, right? I mean, I, I don't know that I have a better answer. Special teams are very important to me as well because I get frustrated and furious when the special teams are bad. So uh, who's the guy that we had? Uh, Danny Crossing, right? Is that was his name? He's now in Miami. He made mm-hmm. the second time around with us. And when he came back to us, special teams were garbage. And then they shipped him off and he, and he ended up in Miami. Uh, so, I mean, for all intents and purposes, special teams are incredibly important. Uh, I think to all Bills fans, people just don't understand rosters, which is why they got mad about Andre Roberts because they were foolish. As far as Taiwan Jones goes, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a one trick pony. And the question is going to be is can, can another smaller guy or another little gunner type body type guy get down the field? I don't have that answer. I'm not at practice every day. So I don't, I don't know. Okay. I mean, that's fair. So Isaiah McKenzie had an interview not too long ago, or it may have been, it may not have been an interview. It may have just been one of his pressers. And he said specifically when it comes to Taiwan Jones, he said like the dude has elite attributes and speed when it comes to, um, special teams and being a gunner. It's mm. it's not so I understand what you mean when you say it's a one trick pony type thing. Like he's a gunner. That's what he does. But when I tell you how valuable that is that teams cannot return on us, like they catch it and they get tackled or they have it's a fair catch because he's it's so important. elite at it. It's important. I, I really think that it's way more important than we're giving it credit for. Um I, I think Stirs wanted to say something there. Yeah. Um I, here's something I just thought of what makes Taiwan Joe's expendable is the, why did they go get Matt Hawk? The guy has a lot of hang time. So if you're, when you're kicked, when you're punting and which the bills don't punt a lot, when that hang time is up there, you're going to see a lot of this, right? which, which you don't necessarily, the, the, the emphasis on having an elite gunner, you can, you can part ways with that. I think that's probably that's why they didn't bring Bohorquez back because he's all power, no finesse. They went and got a punter that's all finesse, right? Um, you know, so I think situationally, I think that makes Taiwan Jones expendable if they if they had to go that route. And also agree with what you guys are saying. Everybody's a trade candidate, so Devin Singletary could be traded, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm they still wanna, on that. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, so that's the hill I'm dying on until the season starts and he's he's with us. 
everything that we've learned about Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, they like they like to keep their options open. They're, he's, mm-hmm. he's always looking for an opportunity to to maximize his potential on his roster. So I think we have to. That, I think that's the basis and the foundation of where they're going with. And they're mm-hmm. also extremely meticulous, and they they think mm-hmm. everything. So I, I think everything that y'all there's no wrong answer, and I think everything that we're talking about tonight can, is literally true. <laughs> it's true. And I, I, you see, preseason, what I'm preseason game number one. <laughs> but but, but the, to the point of to Matt to Matt Hawk though I think we I don't think we're putting enough emphasis on like what he did on on Saturday was really great and what he he's consistent what we've seen from right. him as a punter even with the Miami Dolphins that right. that hang time you don't have to have great gunners if if he's you know kicking the ball that well. Agreed. True. That's all good points. So before we end the show, I do want to shout out my guy, John Herring, one more time. Um, and this is what it comes down to for me. Whatever it ends up being, I trust Bean and, and uh, my man, Sean McDiddy. You know what I mean? Like, I trust both of them to the point where it's like, look, they they've made calls when we when they first got here that I was like, what? No. Like, I remember how heartbroken everybody was when Shady was cut. I remember how heartbroken everybody was when we traded. Away. You know, like I, I remember Miami. Sammy was tough for me. It was tough. Even though he had injuries, it was tough because I couldn't understand trading away a guy that we traded up for. I just couldn't understand it. So, but look, what it comes down to is Brandon Bean has, has given us every reason to trust him. He's, he's had a couple misses. I don't want to act like he's perfect, but overall he's put us in a position to win and I'm going to trust him. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank you so much for joining me, my brother, Joe Miller, my other brother, Steros for the girls from Cover One. This was the Code of Conduct with the King podcast, and this was live on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast or YouTube network. Thank you so much for joining us. Everybody, I'm going to say it again. Love each other because it's so important. Love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.